on today's docket for Cordially Indicted. Because it's like people want to benefit from the amenities that you have, but they don't think that the price they pay should reflect those amenities. You want to you want to benefit from the fact that I have my own office. You want to benefit from the fact that we have that like home base and that sense of privacy. I can like do these presentations with you. Um, you know, you want me to have like certain programs like aisle planner and like these portals and things like that. Like you want these things. You want me to show my expertise and my value by giving you these services. But it's like, how else do I pay to give you these services if you don't pay me to give them to you? You are cordially indicted. Welcome to The Courthouse, a place where we walk the line between couples planning their biggest day ever and the professionals who make it happen. Meet your counsel and co-host, Rachel Willis, a wedding planner, and Kelsey Williams, a wedding designer. The world is evolving and weddings are no exception. Navigating this industry can be as challenging as it is rewarding, and there's a lot of information out there. We're here to set the record straight and give our best counsel as you plan for the big day, no matter which side you're on. We're going to give it to you straight. This is a safe place for honest conversations surrounding potentially controversial topics in the wedding world. Be prepared for some strong opinions and harsh truths, but above all, a desire to bring clarity to an otherwise enigmatic industry. Feel free to reach your own verdict. And remember, we don't mean to judge. Allegedly. Hi, Hi. friends. (laughs) Hello. Welcome back to us from us for our (laughs) time off. From our hiatus. Whose fault is that? I need a little. I mean, it's mine, but (laughs) I don't know that there's anything I could do about it. I really don't. Wait, are you at liberty to tell the people what you're doing now? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, because we were very cryptic about it the last time. Yeah. And we were supposed to, at this next episode, say it. That's fair. Um, yes. So, um, over the last, I am been there for six weeks now. I am now the client relations lead for branching out events in Dallas, Texas. Um, so with that being said, before I say anything else, I must disclaim that my opinions and viewpoints shared on this podcast here to four are not necessarily reflective of the, the, views and opinions of branching out events so that's that this is still like a personal um you know I think Rachel will say the same thing about like her company to some extent just these are like personal little thingies that I've just gathered from like my entire experience as a whole in the wedding industry um so there are still a lot to be said and I will still be as candid as can be but just know that that's what I'm up to and yeah it's been so fun. Fresh perspective. I love it. Now we Very can at so. least say that we have the diverse opinion of just not just one category, you know? Yes. Yes. Because Branching Out is uh, first and foremost a floral um, and event design company. So handling primarily in, in, with any event that we do, basically, we're going to at minimum be doing the flowers. And then there are some events where we take that beyond and do and handle and manage and coordinate all aesthetic pieces of the event. So that's been a really fun role for me. Um, I'm really loving it so far. Love the company, love the company culture. They're amazing. So check us out. (laughs) We'll shout us out. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I will not say that my opinions necessarily align with branching out. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Very exciting. Well, congratulations to you. We're super oh, excited you. for you, obviously. Um, branching out is a powerhouse in the Dallas floral world. So all very exciting stuff. It's been lovely. So yeah, but that's what I've been up to. And truly that could sum up my entire like salutations and all of that. Like, <laughs> what have you been doing? Today is the yeah. first day I've seen Kelsey in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> We like text and do, you know, what millennials do, which is send each other memes on Instagram. And we're like, yeah, no, that means she's still alive. We're good. We're maintaining a relationship. A heartbeat has been established. But yeah, no, it's been obviously like with any new job and with any starting a new job in the wedding industry during what is we're getting to the tail end of our like busy event season, which means we are only beginning and kind of dead in the center of our like planning and designing busy season for fall events that's it's been a big one yes very exciting um rachel has exciting news the willis family has grown by one yes i did not have a human baby (laughs) but i have a dog now and he is filling that maternal void <laughs> that child-shaped maternal so void. much pressure and it's been three days <laughs> so much on this puppy's shoulders he's, my he's already like he is just the picture of luxury and unbotheredness he's fine um but yes we have a puppy his name is walker we finally picked the name he is an australian shepherd and he is the cutest thing I have ever laid eyes on and I'm not being dramatic when I say I would literally take a bullet for him <laughs> I did not understand what people were talking about and I think it'll be the same thing with like children like I kids are fine babies are cute but like I don't really feel anything for them a lot you know like you I can appreciate their cuteness and I love mm-hmm. the adjacency And the fact that like my friends have kids, like, I'm like, I love you because you're my friend's child. And to some degree, I'm kind of obligated. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Like, but it's not like, I don't know. I don't always get that, that gooey, warm, fuzzy feeling for like like, the baby fever. Not really. And when I do, like you do have, you did have puppy fever. I could say that for sure. I did. And my baby fever really only comes into play when I think about my own potential child. Like that's kind of how it works. So I kind of, it was the same thing with people's dogs. Like I love other people's dogs, like for a fix. And then I'm kind of like, okay, that was cool. And I'm, and I love dogs in general and cats and animals in general, but like the meter was a little bit limited. And then Mm. I got this little fluffer nugget and I have never (laughs) felt more like out of control from my biological <laughs> faculties <laughs> the way that you have been just just the way everything has transpired has been just so like it's like he's literally a new baby he is we're he's- waiting to meet him and see him before we name him <laughs> <laughs> so stupid i could see i could feel it happening the transition was happening before my very eyes and i hated myself for it it's but. a little it's like that mean girl scene i could hear everyone getting annoying with me but i couldn't stop <laughs> i just couldn't stop talking about regina 
And that's going to be me now. My business page is going to become a Walker fan page. And I'm sorry in advance. That's understandable. I mean, hey, it's it's just, it's understandable. And I think everybody thinks he's adorable. I mean, he's literally a little roly-poly blue-eyed nugget. Yes. He looks a little bit psycho when he looks you in the eyes. It's actually- Like when his eyes are like both wide open, it is a lot to (laughs) digest. (laughs) And he's just so small now. So like his- Everything seems so, you know, prominent. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cutie. Little stinker. Yeah. So anyway, that's really the only news that I have, at least that is occupying the frontal portion of my brain to where I can consciously remember what's been happening. Everything else has been a little bit of a blur. I know that's right. <laughs> I mean, we're this is that we it's hot as all holy no. hell. You know what? We don't even know what hot is because when I was down in the valley, I actually almost died. I walked outside (laughs) and could swear I could hear my skin turning to like cracklings. Jerky. I was crispy. I had like a little episode at the wedding we had um, this weekend where I got the after having been outside for like a couple minutes we stayed inside most of the day went outside for like five minutes to set something up like you couldn't see first of all it's that type of heat where it's like you're blind like you just go outside and you can't see oppressive and we were out there for a little bit and just you know how you're kind of like in work mode and you're pushing through it and like your body kind of forgets like or it lets you forget that you need things (laughs) But it's not for the betterment of it's like, no, like we have work to do. So like you're not hungry, you're not thirsty, you're not tired, you don't hurt. Like all these things have to get done. So like that kind of happened in the sun. We were just like, yeah, nope, this is not really physically good to do in the heat, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we came back inside and it all just kind of like came rushing back to me. And I was like talking to um one of the people on my team and I like just was trying to, I was trying to like put my water up to my lips and like my hand was shaking and she was like, you should sit down. Like we had, yeah, our heat index was 106 on Saturday. So that was really cool. I mean, I already struggle in anything over 75 degrees. So, I mean, it's really all just the same for me. And I would just like to point out that this is why it is nearly impossible for us to predict weather and what that's going to do for weddings and to pick a date a year in advance with any amount of assumption that we know what's going to happen weather-wise just accept that no one knows and it will there's always a chance it won't be what you expect i completely agree completely agree well, we have glazed right over even mentioning what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> so, this is what happens when we don't see each other for running start. <laughs> running start, we're off to. Um, we are going to be discussing the luxury of weddings, whether or not the wedding itself falls into a category of luxury wedding. The fact that any wedding is a luxury and how that pertains to costs associated with weddings, pricing, expenses, and all of the things that we feel like are kind of coming back to the forefront. I'm, I mean, I feel like the conversation is being had a lot more on social media right now. Not particularly sure why, but 
Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Because everyone's sick of having the same battle over and over again. It does feel like a, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit like a uphill battle. It's it, it feels like you're saying it a lot, but at the same time, there's like kind of nuances to it that you could touch on a couple of different like specifics at any given during any given conversation. So we're going to try to keep this conversation less about the grand scheme of like budgeting and things like that. And more about the fact that um, like weddings themselves are luxury celebrations that require luxury services to put on. We're going to define the two versions of luxury that we're talking and it's going to be a lot like night and night. You just have to listen for context to figure out which one we're going to be talking about. It's like the same Mm -hmm. word sounds the same, but it's going to have different meanings depending on how we're using it. But definition of one, definition one of luxury is the, in the sense that it is not a basic necessity. It is something that is a want as opposed to a need and something that you splurge on essentially. It's extraneous. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Definition number two being that there is obviously a kind of a tier structure when it comes to event, the event industry. We refer to them usually as budget, lovely, luxury, and then super luxury, I think, has been the new, yeah, the new super term. Ultra luxury. Super ultra luxury. Super ultra luxury, which starts to just sound like a Power Rangers episode. It's kind of like how, we, yes. <laughs> it's kind of like how we like, there's this number, I think the, the name for the largest number, like with the most amount of zeros is called a Google, like a G-O-O-G-O-L. <laughs> it's like, we're just at this point, like, what the devil is a Google <laughs> of money <laughs> dollars but yeah that's there's two different definitions and they are both applicable for our conversation today yeah shall we disclaim and get into it disclaimer let's see four weeks since i've done this here we go (laughs) have you been practicing no (laughs) why would i (laughs) what do you mean do you not just look in the mirror on a daily basis this is my morning (laughs) affirmation (laughs) yep yep i love that Rachel and Kelsey will have differing opinions from time to time, as will you. The intent of the pod is not to offend, but to inform and educate as to how your decisions affect not just the professionals involved, but you, your partner, your family, and everyone affiliated with the success of your wedding. We know this is emotional. Weddings are emotional. And as always, we welcome to make your own judgment. These are just our opinions to garner an open discussion. Not bad. Maybe that's the key is I need to not do it for an extended period of time and actually read the thing as opposed to trying to remember it. Yes. Maybe that's it. Read. Yes. I think so. Losers. That's for nerds. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, after four long weeks, I will now call this episode to order. And I will, in fact, remember to put the gavel sound in this time. We were all off last time. That last episode just actually, it was the hangover episode. So I think like that actually is as apropos as it gets. Yeah. (laughs) God. But yeah, um, so yes, we are, we felt inspired today by our girl May and Co. Monthly, um, again, with the hot fire <laughs> and the topics that she just has a way with words. I feel like it's kind of a similar vibe to what we want this podcast to be, which is 
hot topics and things that like need to be said, but they need to be said in a certain way so that A, they're being understood and we're not just like screaming into the void and B, that it doesn't sound like redundant or like we're just beating a dead horse. So well, her way is so very, is very polished the way that she very polished everything and it's in a it's condensed into little instagram posts i feel like ours tends to lean a little bit more into the shit talking if you combined the man co <laughs> philosophy with i've had it podcast you'd get us <laughs> you would get us yes we are a a nice rounded rounded edge version of either of those two things um so yes, this the topic has been kind of like on the list or it's like a combination of several topics that have been on the list and it just kind of jumped to the top today because we saw that fabulous post. Um, but yeah, weddings. This is one of our first topics that we put on that list. I think it was because it it generates so many statements and things that we want people to know. There's literally like this umbrella of what, you know, what weddings mean and what luxury weddings are. And then like the fact that weddings themselves in any capacity are a luxury to have. Um, And then it's just like, from there, you can take so many of those little branches and just go in all different directions. So yeah, a wedding is a luxury, a wedding, any wedding, a wedding being defined as a celebration, not just the ceremony. Cause I know regionally people kind of consider different things when they say oh well the wedding and then there's the reception when we say the wedding we mean as a whole the celebration that takes place to signify and acknowledge the union of two people um in in matrimony the fact that if you're inviting more than just the legally required amount of people whatever that means for your state and or place of (laughs) residence if you're inviting more than that amount of people and there is just going to be celebration and party and revelry and anything of the sort um those things are not required for you to actually be married meaning that they fall into the category of a luxury in the definition one that rachel mentioned something that is not necessitated or required it's just nice to have not a need it's a want Mm -hmm. um because you can totally be married get married have a you know legal partner and not have the party that's associated with it and still be married and like nothing after that day nothing separates you or nothing is differentiating your marriage from the person that did have the party you're all you're everyone's just married yes so yeah yes yes that being said (laughs) when something isn't required (laughs) when something isn't mandatory real quick pause and I I will say too a lot of this is very frustrating because like in many cases and you if you ever get Jonathan on this rant it'll be quite the treat let me tell you is like the bare necessities in life are obscene to try and afford like to to live and exist and let's just assume with just a modicum of you know things that you actually want and aren't 
solely necessity so that you have some sanity and feel like you're, you know, able to treat yourself and things like that. Just yeah. that kind of the bare minimum is already expensive. So I, I get that and it's frustrating and it sucks, but it seems that we as an industry get shit on, especially because it's an industry that people want to spend money on. And then everything kind of comes to a head and crashes and burns when people realize how much these things actually cost because yeah, you it's a generational thing. You don't really have these events all the time. You have them each generation. Mm-hmm. So every time people just see the jump between, oh, well, my parents did the cake and punch thing and spent, you know, like $200. And then here we are <laughs> 25 to 30 years later. And that's not how much yeah. a wedding costs because everybody and their grandmother wants to do the big blowout. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's so right. But even taking into account what you just said, this kind of harkens back to our because eggs episode because- where you can you if you if if our necessities and the things that we actually do need to survive are going up in price, you can bet your bottom dollar. And I do mean that literally that the things that you don't actually need are going to also experience an increase because there's something. I mean, that's what luxury markets are like. That's just what things that are fun to have and things that kind of differentiate like your wants from your needs the wants are always you know there's so many different things I mean even May and Co touches on this it's like we all want the like you know if it's like the house or like the luxury neighborhood it's like yeah well there's neighborhoods that cost more than other neighborhoods because they're more highly sought after for their amenities or the school district or like whatever the case may be and those homes are more expensive because they are in they have things that you're getting your home yes which you need a roof over your head but it's coming with stuff that you don't actually need it just kind of improves the environment and makes your life maybe a little bit easier um but you can also get a house and like literally have the roof over your head which is like all you really quote unquote technically need so you can you'll pay less for those things because they are they are just meeting your needs as opposed to exceeding them. Well, I think too, you can think of it even on a smaller scale, like just going shopping. Like, are you going to Target where no one's really going to help you? You're just there to get the t-shirts and like, not, this is not to shit on Target. Target has all the necessities. We would never. No, we would never. Target. There's a lot of non-essential things (laughs) in Target too. (laughs) True. But Okay, fine. Target versus Walmart then. But like, think about like if you're wanting to go shopping at Nordstrom and you can expect usually some people to come up to you, service you, maybe even help with styling to some degree mm-hmm. and like help you pick outfits and pieces. And there's just like a different level of service and the quality of the items are different and the level of the items that you're searching for are probably different. Like you're going to see more name brands and all these things. I got stuff on Amazon recently. They didn't even have a label on them. Like, I, and when I say they okay. didn't, like not even nothing. I mean, like mm. nothing. I mm. couldn't tell which was the front and which was the back of some <laughs> God. Oh my goodness. I had to, yeah. I had to try it on and flip it around a few times to figure out which direction. And honestly, I think 
I the direction that I prefer to wear it, I think is technically the backwards way. But look at that. That's freedom of choice right there. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh my gosh. I mean, yes, so true. Like this is one, this one is for my girls. If you go to Target and get your bra, you gotta bring in every size. You think you you choose the size you think you are, and you bring in every size, like four lower and four above. <laughs> and you try them all on and you figure it out for yourself and you're fighting for your life in the fitting room. Well, you go to Nordstrom or you go to some, you go to Neiman's, and there's a woman in there who's been measuring bust sizes for like 70 years and she measures you and she, she gets it right no she Her, almost just looks you're right she say, looks at you she's russian she looks at you and she says this is what you need her name is vera and she says you need this she measures just to be sure she measures just to be sure and then she brings you multiple that are fitting you exactly right and you know what i can i look this is so great. I, cause I'm in my, um, over the summer, I try to save money. So I went to Walmart to try and see if I could find some bras that I liked. And I got three bras that were the same size per the label. And only one of them actually fit. The others were like lopsided, lopsided, something Ugh. was too big or something was too small. Um, I even tried on a few others that were like, not technically like, cause you know, like bra sizes are like your band size and then cup size. And then they've got the ones that you could just go like small, medium, large and whatnot. So I tried a few that were in that realm that were supposed to be within the same realm as like the band and cup size ones. And they were all over the place too. And I was like, this is just traitorous. It is. And it's just an experience that is not the most fun. So you know that like, if you're going to, when you go to some of these other places, you don't quite have to go through the same um, dishevelment of. You're going to roll. <laughs> I'm using my like 40s words. Rigmarole. <laughs> it's true. And the same goes for having a wedding celebration and working with vendors. And once you actually make the decision to celebrate and to have a wedding party and a wedding reception or not to do that, once you've selected, yes, we're going to have the wedding, not just the ceremony, or we're not just going to legally get married, we're going to actually party about this, then that is when you start to enter into the tears that we mentioned. However, we just want to like establish very firmly that having a wedding at all is a luxury. Not everyone has one, not everyone can afford to have one in any capacity. And so Think yourself lucky right away if you can have one. And if even more lucky, if it it's like kind of like a given, like you've never even considered not having one. Mm-hmm. Like because people like there are some people that are like, I just couldn't even fathom. Like I couldn't even there's just no way I'd ever. And like if you come from a family or from a social circle where it's not even like a question on if you're having one or not, like we're talking like something completely different. So that just needs to be established. And in establishing that, we need to have a very keen awareness that something that you cannot afford or that you do not want to pay for, those are two, those can be two different things or the same thing, right? But the price of a product or service lies in the value of the service unattached to your ability or lack thereof to 
afford it or your desire or lack thereof to pay for it. Which is something that is accepted in just about all the other industries. Like, well, I don't know. Most of them. Maybe not necessarily accepted, but is one of those that is taken as a, it is what it is. Like people will say, I would never spend X amount of dollars on a Louis Vuitton bag or something like that. But it's an accepted thing that that is a brand that you can't necessarily afford. And that's fine. But when it comes to, weddings there's this bitterness that seems to come through a lot right and it's like it's just there there is another company out there that might be able to accommodate that just know that there is a sacrifice that comes with it when you're reducing dollar signs essentially yeah and i also feel like that's goes back to like why it's very important to establish the fact that it is a luxury to have a wedding because people don't question things that they consider to be luxury. They're like, oh, that's expensive. And I know it is, and I just won't get it. But when it, what has happened is that weddings have become this across the board expected thing that like every single person, some people, of course, I mean, that's an exaggeration. Some people don't want or know that they, you know, don't want to have a wedding, but for the most part, it is starting to seem like everyone gets a wedding. Every single person gets a wedding. And Thank so, Instagram. right? Instagram, Pinterest helped with that. And it's really difficult to convince people that it is indeed a luxury that like not everybody gets because you're not hearing from those people. It's kind of like, you know, the the other camp is louder. So we're not talking to anyone who didn't have a wedding. And like, if they did, it was like their hand was forced. Like, oh, well, during COVID, we had to cancel our wedding. So we eloped, but we had to do that. Like we would have had one if we could have. And it just starts to feel like everyone's having one. So it has to be affordable for everyone to have it. And it just isn't. Like you have to establish that first. Like you don't question, like May and Co said, you don't question Porsche. You just say like, I'm not, I'm not going to drive a Porsche. But you're not going into the dealership and being like, I just don't understand why these cars are so expensive. Like, I want to pay this much for it. And you need to, that would be hilarious. Like, it is so, we put, this was one of the first things that I put on this note and we've laughed at the salt that it has just like in inherently, but I put, it is wildly inappropriate in any business to walk in and think you can dictate to the business owner what you're going to pay for their service. Like you, you walk in to like your example, Louis Vuitton. I don't want to pay this for this bag. You need to give it to me for this. Why is this bag so expensive? You have to, you should lower your prices so that I can afford this bag. Is sounds, it's confounding. Like it's comical. It's, it's delusional. Like it's, it's so many things. (laughs) And you just, we don't see that happen. And like you said, other industries but that's because of the luxury attached to those things. They don't feel like common. They don't feel like something everyone has. It's been established as like this, this tier of this tier of, I guess, I don't know, social standing or whatever you want to call it. I feel like I'm running out of words. I feel like that a lot these days. Same. <laughs> Not good for a podcast. <laughs> 
not good for a podcast host around the words but yeah just it's it's inappropriate and i think that's why then there's like the bitterness that comes from vendors and then you feel like you're in the standoff with between clients and vendors and like we want it to be cheaper and we're like how could you say that like how dare you <laughs> like that is so it feels like a slight against like your hard work and your experience and your expertise and all the things that you have been bringing to the table and it's just it it causes there to be a little bit of dissent among the people think yeah. about it think about it too like imagine somebody walks into your place of work where you're doing your job you are paid to do your thing a certain salary and then imagine somebody comes in and says i want you to do the same amount of stuff for less money would you take that salary cut you wouldn't i don't think most sane people would and I, I actually to- don't take a salary cut unless it <laughs> is something that, you know, for sure is going to that return is going to find its way some other way. And honestly, that's kind of up to you guys. But like, it's I think people assume because this is a small business driven realm that, oh, well, you're the owner. You get to decide these things. It's like, well, sure. But I also have this really bad habit of needing food, water and shelter. And I have to survive yeah. in the same economy that you do. There's also, yeah, there's a market like there, you can't just be like, it's not a monopoly, especially in certain cities like in Dallas, we are far from that. You have to be very competitive with your, you know, you have to make decisions on what is feasible, what is reasonable, how you can make a living and earn the amount that you are qualified to earn based on your varying levels of expertise while also remaining competitive to your peers. You can't just like, throw out a price and it's like we're not there's a lot of research involved in that and even that contributes to the pricing because there's market research and there's all these things so you know it's all just time and investments on our part that are bringing us to these to these points and it's just it's okay to not have the funds and you can still get married and you can even still have a very modest celebration if you are looking to have, um, you know, some sort of acknowledgement and some sort of celebration with, as it pertains to your marriage. What's not okay, though, is like shaming people who have the means and have the finances yes. to celebrate to a higher and larger scale, spend more on something like this and then be like, that's wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how it feels. It's like, you shouldn't do that. It's, I can't believe that people spend this much on this. And it's like, again, one of those where you're like, why is it that people single out weddings when they say these things? I, th- you know what I've noticed on, cause I guess I'm on small business TikTok or whatever, but it's this audacity, the audacity of people feeling like they should dictate what somebody's work and value is. And it makes me so I get mad. I get pissed whenever I read the comments on these things where these people are making beautiful art or beautiful cakes or whatever it may be. And then in the comments, you have people saying like, that's an outrageous amount of money for something like that. Bitch, do you know how much a freaking cake costs and how much time it takes to make? I made one really fun cake for a, one of my husband's coworkers. They were doing like a goodbye party for her. That bitch took me eight hours Mm. eight out a work day of my life and not to mention the knots and pain and joint issues that I felt from being hunched over trying to pipe out sugar flowers 
And it was really pretty, sure, but I did it out of the kindness of my own heart. Would I do it again? No, not after that experience. <laughs> people are asked to do it over and over and over again. And then you've got people nattering at them saying that, like, that's not meant to cost that much. I can go get a Costco cake. For- then go get a Costco cake, please. That's, that is like, this is the point. Like, you are the, you're looking the point dead in the face. You're looking the point in the eyes and like missing it anyway. That is Costco. I am Kelsey. <laughs> that is Costco. You are Rachel. Go to Costco. If you could do it yourself, do it yourself. There you go. That's a, that needs to, why did we add that on the list of phrases? <laughs> I could do that myself. And yet you won't. <laughs> then why are you here <laughs> you're here looking at me asking me to do it though so there's something that you're wanting to not sacrifice of your own you are looking to avoid some aspect of this whether it's the time or the money or the investment whatever it is there's something you're looking to offload because it is not something that you want to do yourself yes you need to find do the research to find the right fit for what you can afford, be okay with what that is, or adjust your budget. And then don't be salty and mean to other people who can afford more. That's not nice. We won't shame you for affording less. Don't shame them for affording more. It just, overall, everybody stop shaming each other. I just feel like it's just, it's, it's silly because everybody has their own Sonder. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody has their own complex lives. You don't know everybody's story. You don't know their financial situation. We were talking about the, I'm sure I shouldn't have laughed, the submersive where people were paying $250,000 to ride this thing and go see the Titanic. And in comparison to their, you know, salary whatever it is the amount of money that they have their net worth or whatever yeah it's the equivalent to us is three sandwiches or iced coffees or whatever it was you know they've seen a few different things and to some degree i'm sure there's like a level of oversimplification of that as there is with anything on the internet but the concept is that that is what those people can afford and that is not a huge deal to them and if we have to if we have to get into coffee and sandwich metaphors you like that is already small potatoes like that is we are already like beyond the realm of understanding of like how much money some people have this is i am speaking personally on this we are not sitting here at these microphones talking to you from a position of like wealth <laughs> like, we right. can't afford it either <laughs> you know, i'm like not even I- hating <laughs> Like, I have my hand-me-down cookware staring me dead in the face. Like, right yes. <laughs> like, I am not, like, I'm in my, like, one-bedroom apartment coming at you with this information. It's not, like, if we have to, if in order to understand and comprehend something, we have to compare it to sandwiches, then they're just going to be a level of wealth that maybe we just can't comprehend. And it's not fair to judge things, even if you could understand it. But it's certainly not fair to judge things when you can't understand it. And so like these drop in the buckets to us, like kind of think of it that way for people who do spend more. It's not like the same 
you know, I can't understand how people spend 20,000. Some people say, I can't understand how people spend 200,000. I can't understand how people spend 2 million. The list goes on and on. But if you have 2 million to spend, then it doesn't feel like the, like the crutch and like the value of that dollar is just so much different to that client than it would be to the person that is like, well, first of all, like you think about how many hours you would have to spend at your own personal job to make $2 million. And then it's like, if you manage to make it, you wouldn't spend it on a wedding. But people who make a million dollars in their sleep don't have that same philosophy. They don't have that same mindset. So it's just best to let people pay for what they can, what they can afford. You do you, let them do them. We will just all do our own thing and just not be, just don't be a hater. That's such a bad look. And that goes, that goes for everybody. I think vendors too could do a little bit better of a job helping to vet and educate people on the front end Mm -hmm. to not potentially get themselves worked into a situation where like, if you're a vendor that you need to have a certain number of criteria in place for a client to allow you to do your best work, communicate that with everybody on the front end, por favor. Like if you need to have a certain budget, Mm -hmm. great. And if you're not, if you're a vendor that is like, no, I will not budge on anything from this Mm -hmm. point forward. Like I don't do the throw in an extra hour on the tail end, you know, at the nth hour, whenever we're trying, like if that's not, and you're going to charge for that. Cool. Some will, some won't, whatever it may be. But like, if you are sensing that you're going to be restricted and then going to be salty down the road about it, then don't yeah. take a couple. Don't make them feel bad for not being able to pay the extra $800 an hour for your coverage. Like, or if, you know, for extra flowers or whatever it is, just, I think, and it's, it's hard now with this whole scarcity thing where it feels like bookings are slow and people just want to like make money, but right, you have to for the greater good, it is on you to establish the pricing and establish the parameters that are going to create a, I'm going to say a safe environment, a, what is the word? Like, I guess a safe environment for you to do your best, but also for the couple and client to feel comfortable enough to afford you. And they aren't going into mountains of debt. Right. Yes. And if you would take a client, it's on you. You're You've accepted responsibility. You have set the rates. You've accept, set the parameters. You now have to lay in that bed or let Absolutely. them out of the contract. Yeah, that's an option. That's definitely an option. You, you, Everybody just needs to humbly, I think, is a big part of it. Just humbly approach the other party. Clients, don't come in guns a-blazing and, you know, start making all these crazy demands or demands that you don't think are crazy, but I'm telling you, they are sometimes crazy. (laughs) And let the professionals who you are seeking services and help from, because again, something brought you here. There's something going on where you aren't doing this yourself. So if you have entered into a professional domain, please be respectful of the professional's, you know, expertise, time, wisdom, whatever, and at least hear them out. And don't be... I would say just, I mean, you have to do research. I'm not saying like throw caution to the wind and anything that a vendor says, like just take it and like do zero like vetting or research, but just don't be as I think like the aggression is sometimes, like you say, the bitterness is sometimes just a lot and you kind of feel it from the onset. 
And then vendors, yeah, like what Rachel said, just be educating and maintain your integrity. Maintain your integrity when it comes to pricing and costs and don't fall victim to just either A, just trying to get people in the door or, you know, to a certain extent, there is like some like, you know, you have to earn your stripes and things like that. But it can get to a point where it's not helpful anymore, like where it's actually causing misinformation or it's causing some sort of weird like gap in our economy or something like that. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Um, You know, on top of all that, there's just the like literal hard numbers of the expenses that go into running a business. Mm. You know, like Rachel, you can speak to this. I no longer, I'm not currently in a position, but like I have experience in it, but I'm not currently in a business ownership role. Um, But you know, like there's, it's not just about the like soft, intangible things like experience and, and, you know, expertise and, and education and wisdom and all that, although they are very important and they're not just superfluous things, they are very important. Um, but there's, for the people that need something a little more literal, there are hard costs to running a business and operating it. Totally. I had a consultation a while back and like, this is, it was a weird one. Cause like, I felt like I vibed well with them and it was an exciting group of vendors. It's like some vendors that I would consider to be maybe a little bit, a bit, a bit higher tier than I'm typically working within. So there was some excitement there, but this couple didn't quite seem to grasp the, what they were asking. <laughs> um, mm-hmm with like a management package which like for those of y'all that don't know it's like it can be also labeled as a month of or some people might even label it as a day of I hope not day of is a red flag don't ever go into that realm yeah we need to have a day of it um yes and it's just it's a whole thing anyway yes it's a whole um, thing but when you're asking somebody to come in especially planner come in kind of late in the game that planner has to catch up on all the things that you have done. And most of the time, there's a lot of damage control. Not every single time. We are occasionally blessed with the couple that is truly very type A and organized. They're the ones that think that they're type A and organized. And then they're the ones- There's also the ones that are type A and organized, but that does not give you wedding knowledge. That just makes you type A and organized. And type A and organized, but you don't necessarily understand the logistics and the ins and outs and everything. So like when you come into a project, like a wedding that's very complex and you've been planning it for 18 months and there are details and dreams and things that have evolved in your head and you've got to download all this information into another person's brain so that they can do their job to appropriately get everything going the way that you want it to be it's a lot and so mine comes in about three months before I will and I only take managements now case by case if it's a vendor team that I know is going to be really good or it's at a venue that I really like or the couple is just a dream like very case by case because even even those when the stars kind of align these management projects are still usually a bit tricky and it's a crash course in the wedding and with the people and the relationships you have to do everything in a really condensed amount of time so it's hard yeah I think on the minimum on a minimum usually we're spending about 40 hours on these to get all caught up and to execute on the day of and I think 
I mean, I've had 60 hour management couples as well, just because there was a good amount of damage control that I still had to do. So even though you, you think that you're doing all these things correctly, there's still usually a lot of stuff that you either didn't think of, or that you didn't do on the front end that still have to happen on the back end anyways. Yeah. And then like, once you assume the role of planner and coordinator, anything that does, like maybe they did a great job, but those fires that tend to come up because weddings are weddings, you now are the responsible party and you're now putting those fires out. So like if something goes down with a vendor and it's like, okay, well now our services have started and like, oh, my DJ calling canceled. I'm not going to be like, oh, well you booked him. So you need to get on the phone and try. Right. Maybe some planners do. And I'm sure they're maybe their rates reflect that and that that's a boundary that they don't have to worry about timing wise on the front end. But for me, that's like, well, nope, I'm going to jump in and handle that. So I have this consult come through and she's got this great team of vendors who are all accustomed to working with planners who are of a certain caliber and are used to, you know, they know what a well-run wedding looks like, Mm -hmm. you know? not really one that you can half-ass and nor nor would any of us want to I would assume I definitely yeah. don't but you know there's a there is a certain pressure that comes with that as well so not only that but given a lot of the plans and the vendors that she had given me on the details I was like okay this is going to be a pretty involved wedding like I'm not going to be able this isn't going to just be a you know, yeah, like walking and just, yeah, we exactly. walk in the park. And with some of the elements that she was describing, I was like, I think there's just going to be more things that I have to manage. And even if there aren't, the proportion of what a planner should be getting compensated based on the overall investment that, that sounded like they were going with, it wasn't like I was going to quote her anything crazy. Right. Um, but I've gotten to the point where for my management, it's like, this is kind of the baseline that I think that is appropriate for the amount of work that I do, the amount of fires that I put out, even if they're fires that I don't put out, it's just like, well, that's just a pleasant surprise that I didn't have to do an extra 10 hours of work to fix X number of things. Great. But ultimately like that's a rate that I had set and they just came back and said that they couldn't justify that amount for a planner. And I was like, I understand that's fine. I just advise you to make sure that whoever you do hire is going to be able to deliver the same quality of work that's proportionate to all your other vendors, basically, is how I left it. Like, please, please don't drop the ball on the planner, basically, because all the other vendors are pretty top notch. Yep. So anyway, but it was just very eye opening because it was like, again, let's just say that I charge $5,000 for something. Your first 25% goes to taxes. Thank yeah. you, government. So, and it's crazy because $5,000 does sound like a good chunk, but when you've only got the remaining three quarters of it, which is 3750 yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to do this math. We're going to do it. Um, $3,750. So the first portion is gone. You don't even get that. Then let's say that standard, I have two assistants with me all day. Yep time and their experienced plan experienced assistance because what I like to do is I have usually other planners who 
either run their businesses or have owned other businesses or basically someone that should, God forbid, something happened to me, they can run the show on their own. Mm-hmm. So let's say that another $600 goes out of my pocket and we're only looking at two assistants. If you've got a crazy scope and scale of a wedding, then we're looking if at If your more. venue is gigantic, then you literally just need more an army. Feet. It's just like a certain radius that one human can occupy. <laughs> so you've got 3150 left. If we're being generous, if we're being kind. And, and we know, are. <laughs> if, if, if I'm going to... Frequently are myself to take 50% of that as a paycheck. Um, and then the other 50% goes to the business. That's 1575 either way. I have an assistant that I pay and she gets, you know, $800 roughly a month Mm -hmm. to handle social media, to handle things, helping me on the wedding day, helping me reach out to vendors, just all kind of miscellaneous stuff um, yeah. in the hopes that I would eventually be able to help take on more or she might be able to take on smaller projects. So let's just take that out. Then you take out my rent <laughs> for my office because we would rather not be discussing dollar amounts and financial situations over a screaming espresso machine. Love you, Starbucks, but it's kind of awkward yeah. whenever you're trying to have these sensitive conversations with other yeah. people around and loud machines family situations and family dynamics that like you guys haven't even brought up in 10 years but now you're getting married so it's like we got to talk about it yeah let's not maybe do that at i don't know a coffee shop subway <laughs> subway <laughs> oh, jesus <laughs> never so you take that out and then you take out the subscription that i have for either either don't even do all of them but either the website or the portal that i use for my couples like whatever that would be and you take that out. I'm left with $176 to operate the business on just off of one month of booking at $5,000. Yeah. And that, again, is if I pay myself the $1,575, hypothetically, you know, and then you divide that by, again, our very conservative estimate of 40 hours, which it can go up to 60, that's $39 an hour that I would be paying myself, which yes, sure is about on par with maybe if you averaged out some of your salaried positions. However, I am not salaried. I get paid when clients hire us, you know, yes, that's not consistent. You're not guaranteed a consistent round the clock stream of 40 hour weeks, because it depends on how your bookings work. You know, you may end up in a dry spell. You may end up in a time where, like you said, like we have that weird thing going on where there's like people are simultaneously like not booking, but also like snapping up vendors way earlier than we've really ever seen them. And they're booking smaller packages as well. Like a, right. a lot of the people that have inquired with me for 2024 and 2025 are looking for month of, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're two years out and you want me to, I mean, no, that that's a whole other episode. I'm not even, even going to begin <laughs> to touch on that. I'm not even going to tiptoe on that one. Um, But yeah, that's, it's, it's very, it's a huge commitment. I feel like it's being asked like more and more that, we come with the big guns and we come with the goods. It's the amenities. You want all the things you want to meet in an office and you want to be like, you want to book this package. And like, even if it is full service, you want to book it way out, but people are booking so much earlier. So it's like, and then you want to start working right away. So then it's like those hours are being 
you think it's just thinning out the same amount of work. No, it never works out that way. Mm-mm. You're always going to end up putting in more hours overall because once that reasonable timeline of approaches where, okay, now we are like nine months out, those same types of things that tend to come up at the nine month mark are still going to come up whether or not you've talked about them a year ago. It's just yes. going to be more work. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's difficult to, you can take that 39 and it can like slide all the way down to like b- below 20 sometimes. Sometimes you do the math and you're like, am I making $7 an oh, hour? Yeah, no. On my, pro- my <laughs> on, my, <laughs> on my project <laughs> tracker, because I track how many hours I spend on each wedding as close as I can. I honestly think on most of them, I lowball it a little bit because I either forget to start my timer or whatever, but I track. And there are a couple in there where I get paid six or 11 just yeah, cool. because, and it's not even that the number that I charged wasn't enough. It's just that they needed so much extra work and I was yeah. happy to do it. But like, if you yeah. were to technically take that out and say, this is how much I made per hour. It's a little sad. <laughs> it's, it's scary. Sad. It's, and it scary. would never fly in any no. other industry. It's weird. Like it's weird. It gives me the ick. It's not fair because it's like people want to benefit from the amenities that you have, but they don't think that the price they pay should reflect those amenities. It's like living in an apartment that has like a luxury pool and a tanning roof and a private chef that comes out every Saturday and you want to live there, but you want to pay for it as though it was like a shack. And it's like, but you want to, you want to benefit from the fact that I have my own office. You want to benefit from the fact that we have that like home base and that sense of privacy. I can like do these presentations with you. Um, you know, you want me to have like certain programs like aisle planner and like these portals and things like that. Like you want these things. You want me to show my expertise and my value by giving you these services. But it's like, how else do I pay to give you these services if you don't pay me to give them to you? I wonder what it would be like to just not have, like if you were to do, cause like technically we can plan a wedding without all the frou-frou stuff you can do google sheets you can do the coffee shop meetup and like all those things but like what would that actually like look like and I do think there I think there are planners out there that I am sure I know that make that work and I am very curious I'll probably have to talk to them about that I mean i literally did it like up until like I never did have an office so like I was always having to get creative but you had but you had aisle planner and you had yes I had systems but not always like again like it just depends like earlier in my career you know the front end of the six years that I did it full time that's like that was what I did and it was like not easy and like as and I wanted to deliver additional service and I wanted to deliver a higher level of service to my clientele. And as that started to happen, and as I started to earn my credibility and make things work by doing those things at that lower price point, my prices went up so that I could provide better services along with my expertise and along with the experience that I was gaining. So that's, but that I didn't feel it's maybe it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't necessarily feel guilty or bad about it because I felt like I was providing so much more than I had been able to provide. Um, I never got to a point where I was ready to pull the trigger. Like 
I just always was so nervous about an office, to be honest, because I just never wanted it to be like a, I can afford this now. And if things continue the way they're going right now, forever, I can afford this. But the second they stop, then I can't afford this. And that would, I just never felt like I was ready to take that plunge. Uh Um, And like, obviously like never got there before I like ended up being on hiatus from planning, but it's, it's hard. I mean, once I got out of planner, I never look back <laughs> and like, you're at the point where you kind of feel you know, like you have your office and you're like, you get your office and people become accustomed to meeting you in that spot. And you have a dedicated, even if it's not about the meetings, it's just a dedicated place to get work done. And it feels like a space that you are working in and it, it allows your business to have more credibility and you are benefiting from that as a client. You are benefiting from the credibility of a person having an established home base who can receive mail to an office building, who can you know, manage your event from a base of operations. That's just a huge perk. And you do need to invest in that perk if you want to continue to benefit from it. Yes. And it's upsetting. <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> you say you don't want to when you don't when you see that there's a perk and you acknowledge that there is a perk but you refuse to believe that it is worth your investment yeah and but if you don't walk away us. from it you want it still and if it's not because like there's sometimes where it's like okay that's people are like oh that's cool and then they're like but it doesn't really matter for me to do that they're okay to you know to work with someone that doesn't necessarily have like a home base or anything like that, which is fine. There is a tier of person you can work with where that is not essential for them as well. Right. But where it gets, especially now, everything can be done on zoom. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, uh, we've adapted to that. I still think there's just nothing like an in-person meeting, especially when it comes to wedding design. Uh, same. Oh, or especially like on consultations. I sound like a yeah. blathering idiot on zoom, but in person <laughs> and I just feel like I'm speaking to like the void like I feel like I'm just like talking to a brick wall sometimes I feel like people don't have the same energy virtually or they're like I'm not gonna sit in my house and like laugh at your jokes by myself like well you could <laughs> I'm making these jokes by myself in my house <laughs> so yeah that's that whole topic is more just the literal sense of things like I literally have to pay these bills I have to keep this company running. I can't just do this as volunteer work. And it's just so weird and unsettling almost. And like when you kind of put it in those terms, it makes you wonder, it's like, what do people expect you to do? Like, what do people expect you to want to be paid? Or what do people expect you to be able to be paid? Like, what is the price that you think this is worth? And then think about that number to yourself. Think about how many weddings or events or whatever I would have to do every year for that number to get me any sort of any sort of stability in this lifetime. And how many hours we just said it takes for one event. And if the so like if you're like, I don't know, I I I I mean this when I say I do not know what the number is that people want. Like, what do you want here? Like you can't, I don't know how drastic, maybe it's like half of what we're saying i'm like are people thinking that it should only cost eight hundred dollars or people thinking it should cost you know like three thousand i'm i'm not really sure so just whatever that number is for you take it in your head and multiply it by how many of those projects you'd have to take on to earn 
I don't know. Can we say like, is it reasonable even to live on forty thousand dollars anymore um, a year? I'm gonna I mean, say you can no. <laughs> you can you, maybe I mean, like with roommates, you could yeah, live on that. Maybe it's like fifty thousand dollars. Let's say fifty thousand, just as an average. It sounds like it's nicely in the middle. Yeah. If you think that you should only have to pay a planner a thousand dollars for their services, that is fifty weddings a year and Actually, they're not earning $50,000. I was going to say that's assuming that they have no expenses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I'm not just, it's not just money in my pocket. It's money that has to continue to sustain the oh business. God. Imagine 50 weddings a year. You'd have to have a wedding every single weekend. Every single one, except for two. Except so for two. Christmas off. You could take the, that that weird um that weird uh fantasy uh fugue state of like Christmas and New Year's. Just take that two weeks off. <laughs> but like we just said, like it takes you about forty hours to plan uh, or to like manage a small you know a small project like at the very tail end. Ugh. That's two thousand hours. Like it's just it just I'm really- getting indigestion. It gets baffling and it's like, okay, so if that's how much you think it's worth, and then there's people who will straight up and like with their chest say, I'm not here to pay your bill. Or like, you're not supposed to make money doing this. And that's where I just, we just, we just lose each Rachel other. Rachel has left the chat. Yeah. That's just not even nice. That's so unkind. <laughs> so, you know, to, to, I digress. I really have to, I have to digress as a matter of fact. So. <laughs> Phrases that we find upsetting that kind of put all this in submission. The wedding industry, com- contrary to the beliefs of people that we have heard on Instagram, specifically TikTok, I know is like probably the worst. I don't think I see positive. I've heard, I mean, I've TikTok. heard people say it in person before. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Great. I had one consult <laughs> where they said it and I was like, we are probably not going to be a good fit. That's very weird to say to a wedding planner. We haven't even said it yet. Sorry. People say the wedding industry is a scam. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Who said that? Not well, Obviously, I don't say who it was, but it's like. No, they were not my client. <laughs> yeah. But I, so they came to a consult to hire you, presumably. Mm-hmm. They were basically venting uh, like stressful everything was because everything is so expensive and all the things and it's like, yeah, everything just feels like it's a scam. The wedding industry is absolutely insane and asinine. This is stupid. Like that, all the things like, I was just like, oh, we feel like people are scamming us. I'm like, okay. Um, No, it's it's been a few years since that happened, but yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's just, it's just not fair. It's just not fair at all. Like it's, it's because of everything that we've already discussed and because it's like, it just feels unfair because it feels like it singles this industry out. And I think there's like maybe a handful of other industries that kind of get that same treatment. Um, None come to mind right now. I'm certainly not trying to say like the wedding industry is the only one, but it's just not fair for something that people want so bad. And it's like obvious that people want to participate and they want to have it and they are so averse to the concept of paying for it. Yeah. Just not 
it's not it's unreal how like just non-matching up those two concepts are like there's high demand for it but there is an expectation it just doesn't even make if you took a high school economics class when something is high in demand (laughs) you can't expect that thing to just be given away that doesn't make any sense and I don't know why and people say like yeah like they get on this like (laughs) train of like yeah it doesn't make sense why isn't it like more affordable for everyone to be able to have this thing I I don't get it and then the other one this one or not the only other one but another one that's basically an oversimplification as people will say and I hear this one fairly commonly and I I'm a little bit more forgiving on this one but um, I've had several people recently even say, you know, if I had gotten married, however many years ago, wouldn't have cost this much. And it's like, well, perhaps, mm. but the economy has inflated. So the same thing then costs more now because more than anything, inflation, as opposed to people just saying like, it just costs more for no abs- absolutely no reason. It's like that's not it's not the case. You are or if people have raised their rates, maybe it's because they have more experience now. And I mean all of this kind of ties back into our conversation that we had with Corinne, but yeah. You know, it's not it is an oversimplification to think that you got you would get the same thing now or I'm sorry, you would get the same thing back then for cheaper. No oversimplification see what you're saying, that you would I'm- get the same thing now <laughs> for less money and what it costs five years ago or whatever it is um yeah if you've been at your same job for five years don't you want to raise you would go into <laughs> your annual review and you would say I've been here for x amount of years over this year I have accomplished x y and z this is what I have learned. This is how my experience has grown. I am becoming more of an asset to this company. Like whatever you would say, and you would request a pay increase. You, no one, you don't, if you, and if you aren't doing that for yourself, you need to start. Love yourself. Seriously. <laughs> that's not, that's not your, that's not my prerogative if you choose not to, to go for that. But I mean, I'm not going to gain five years of experience, which in the wedding industry, every wedding ages you. Every wedding shortens your life expectancy. And I, there's a lot that you learn every single time you do it and every single day that you work in this industry and that results in compensation. So it's not even like a wise practice. If anything, I would say go for like a person who just started, like if that's what you're looking for, like the, the metric of like, okay, when you first start, like, here's what you're charging, but like, don't go to a person like, oh, I used her five years ago. Let me call her five years later. It's like, no, like that is exactly the person whose prices will have gone up because that same person has been doing this for that entire time. Yeah. Not necessarily recommending you go with like inexperienced people, but that's just more making my point. Um, We hear this one a lot. Things cost way more because you put wedding in front of it. And you know what? Yes. Yes, they do. And that needs to not be such a bad thing for people. Like, yeah, people are like, well, why wouldn't you just charge the same as you do for a baby shower or a brunch or what the emotional 
damage. Damage. <laughs> that we all indoor. Toss. Y'all, I have had weddings that have made me question my purpose on this planet. Like you're here. There are and that that's just on the wedding day, let alone some of the interactions that I've had with people on the front end. Yeah. The, yeah. the wedding is emotional for every single person involved. We are going to have conversations about your finances, your family dynamics, why things make sense to you, why they don't. If you can visualize something, if you can't visualize something, why things, the amount of conversations we've, I have had bouts where my hair is falling from my scalp. I was there. In response to the stress I was there. that I feel. <laughs> I was oh, very I, concerned. That's a different, that's a different time. <laughs> I've seen it. I know it can happen though. <laughs> oh my God. Globs of hair coming out of my head. Like, yes, yes, it is more expensive. It is more expensive because you get, in theory, one time to do this. You've got a bunch of people. It's not as small as like a baby shower is usually maybe 30 people top. For a big wedding, you may have 200 and some odd people that you're managing and corralling and trying to get in order family photos. Like, it's just people are so dense about that. And like, what other realistically, there's a couple points on this. Realistically, what other type of celebration do you invite that many people to? You are not standard. It is not standard operating procedure to invite 300 people to almost anything else. In your life. Well, like, and then people will argue about corporate events because those are like super involved and, and sometimes can have like fun design stuff. But like, mm -hmm. like a photographer, for example, at a corporate event doesn't have to get that perfect, creamy, dramatic angle. It's not point and shoot, but it's a little bit more point yeah. and shoot. Like you don't have to pose people as much. You don't have to spend time capturing all these moments you don't have to necessarily know how to manage your time when you're taking pictures because everything else in the yeah. rest of the evening relies not, on those photos there's not an heirloom refinement to most things for a corporate event with your wedding everything becomes heirloom mm -hmm. your cake design your floral arrangements each linen the photography the videography you know, serving 300 people cake at a corporate event is probably going to be a sheet cake. We're not going to put tears on it. We're not going to do all these like, ex you know, exquisite piping of buttercream and things sculpted from fondant. Like you're just like, I don't, it's the density for me. Like, I don't think it's that hard to understand why. And like, I also feel as though like we shouldn't be as defensive about it like even as we are it's hard when like your livelihood is being called into question constantly but it makes it feel like we're doing something bad it's like vendors always like well here's why and if you think about it and it's like it really makes a lot of sense it is very clear cut to me as to why it would be more expensive to handle things from a wedding perspective people need to accept that y'all act different when you're getting married. Yes. You just do. You think that you're not, but you are. 
You think that you'll be chill, but I have no way of knowing that. And almost every time I can speak from my experience because I have done this repeatedly. You have not. So I know that however chill and however uh, laid back you think you will be, that's also you speaking for yourself. You are my client, but I have to interface with your parents, your family members to some extent. There's you too. And then there's like both of your sets of parents. And again, the family dynamics, these, all these things, and they start to come into play. And I start to have to play roles that go beyond the scope of just like making calls, sending emails, like handling logistics. It becomes a relationship and I have to sacrifice some of my own like potential. (laughs) I, I almost have to like provide therapy for you in certain situations um, as a planner, specifically speaking, again, I feel like we always like teeter into like speaking from the planner's perspective, but it's just, y'all will act different and you don't think that you will, and you will care more about it. And it will be an event that you put more of your um, weight or put more weight onto than most other events that you will have. And I think that it's just okay to acknowledge that and let us rise to the occasion and charge accordingly. So yeah. Uh our final point is hearkening back to an earlier statement that was made um not just about value of weddings as a whole but about s- select services. You shifting and divvying out your budget. Imagine, okay, so the number that we hear a lot is $30,000. I think maybe $35,000 is like starting to take its place. That's what Google says. That's the Google answer. But it's been years. Like it's been years. So yes, 35,000 is probably like the actual number that I hear quite a bit. And I just want y'all to go on a just very brief journey with me. If you hire a planner, a photographer, a wedding cake, a caterer, a venue, a florist, and did you say DJ and a musician of some sort DJ let's be modest and say DJ some sort of entertainment um and then let's say because I think kind of traditionally still people are doing a church and a reception venue I know there's so many venues especially because we live in Texas and we have all this land so people are just building these venues where you can do both but a lot of places aren't like that so that's eight individual vendor categories if you have $35,000, I'm just going to do this right $35,000, and you divide that by eight, you would only be able to afford to spend $4,375 on each of those vendors. Now, keeping in mind that earlier we mentioned $5,000 is probably what you can expect to spend for a percentage-based planner to handle wedding management for you. So a full or partial service planner, um, depending on where you live, is probably going to cost you more than that. Um, also generally speaking for the average number that we see here in Texas, it seems to be closer and closer to 200, maybe like 175 to 200 between 150 and 200 for sure. But more often than not, I'm seeing it closer to 200 than 100. There's no way with catering and alcohol that you're only going to spend $4,300. So then it's like, oh, but it's okay. We'll just take it from an area that we don't care as much about. Like, we don't care that much about flowers. Let's just put that 40, that 4,300 towards catering and alcohol because we really care about the food and drinks. 
what's not that's all fine and good but what's not cool is again speaking about the value of things what's not cool is um you don't care about this vendor category so you don't expect that vendor to still charge what their pricing is because you don't care about cake so we don't want to spend a lot of money on it so when you ask for this cake and then they give you the price that the cake you asked for is and it's like but we don't care about cake why <laughs> like that again it's like that gap in the mental connection or like we only we we care more about alcohol or we care more about having a big band so we put our floral budget towards having a band but now we're here at a florist and we want flowers on every single table which if you have 200 guests and you know let's say you're having a seated dinner you can only put you're going to have like at least 20 round tables and then like your head table no there's not many florists that can accommodate putting anything like it does not even about like oh we'll just use cheap flowers or just there is not much that you can do to put something on that many tables that is even worth putting on a table for that budget so it's just like not fair to be like well we decided early on that we don't care as much about your service we decided to spend money on other things for our wedding and now we're asking you to like lower your standard of or lower your quality because we don't we don't care about it so we don't mind if you lower the quality but we just didn't we took from what we could have spent on that to spend it on something that we did care more about. And now we're asking you to like adjust because we don't care about it. That's that, that that's not how economics work either. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, y'all sorry for the hiatus. We <laughs> <laughs> well, we just need to work on a <clears throat> consistent schedule. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I just wish that I. Mm -hmm. And we have so many nice, fun, exciting volunteers that want to be on the pod who are ready to let their voices be heard. So that's fine with me. That's super exciting. I'm really glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. So we need to, we need to work on that too, but yeah, for sure. Anyways. Um, Well, like as always, like, subscribe leave us a five-star review if you're tempted to leave anything less just don't <laughs> that's an option for you that's an option move along or is there like a um is there like a booby prize for like the worst rated podcast <laughs> <laughs> so yes. maybe we can get that one um i think we're doing like pretty good i think our feedback so far has been very positive um the people that listen to it seem to be seem to feel like it's a breath of fresh air so yeah so the the dozen or so of you that are our dissenters (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you for your time um and yeah we will be back in two weeks bye (laughs) (laughs) bye